Triple M. Rush Hour. Tonight, Sterlow is here. We'll ask him whether he thinks the Raiders can be a serious premiership contender. Plus, he'll have his power rankings, and we've got team changes. A little controversy in the cricket in Sri Lanka, and the latest from Rio, including Australians and others, questioning whether Great Britain cyclists are on the gear. Welcome to the Rush uh, Hour. Hello to you, Sterlow. Hello, Dan. What's gear? All the drugs. Have you not heard that expression? Yeah, I've heard it. I just wanted you to tell me. Hey, a moral dilemma. Now, we're not going to bang on about the cricket, so please, people, don't say, oh, it's it's footy season, it's the Olympics. What are you talking about the cricket for? Sri Lanka, by the way, five for 165. They're up by 135, if my maths is correct. But here's the moral dilemma. So Nathan Lyon's bowling, and the batsman, the opening batsman for Sri Lanka, uh, I think shoulders arms. It doesn't matter what he does, but he's got one foot in the crease and one foot out of the crease. Peter Neville, the keeper, takes it hovers around the stumps because he thinks the batsman's going to lift his back foot. Hovers, hovers, hovers. Foot gets lifted. Bang, he takes the bars off. He's out stumped. Do you have any problem with that? Well, it all depends on how long the hover was. It was a while. He he, he was waiting. Well, I do have a... I haven't seen it, but I do have a bit of a problem. Obviously, the umpires didn't have it because normally... They don't call it a dead ball, but once ball is mm. is kind of out of play for a period of time, then it's designated as one. Now, by letter of the law, it's out. But also by letter of the law, if you're bowling and the non-striker is out of his crease and you whip the bales off, that's out. Yeah, but, but these that, these that, days they give a warning. Well, that's... I haven't I haven't seen one, so I mean, interrupt, I haven't seen that done for a long, long time where they've done it without the batsman going out of his crease and the bowler saying, don't do it again or you're gone. Because, the, and this all comes from Mancat about 60 years ago, any player who's done it since has been a pariah for playing against the spirit of the game. And I don't understand what the difference is between that and what mm. Peter Neville did. I'm all for what Peter Neville did, but if that's good enough, then why can't you whip the bales off and get rid of a, a, a non-striker if he's trying to gain an advantage on you? Well, obviously Australia has struggled in Sri Lanka. Maybe they should have done more hovering. More hovering, hovering, hovering. More hovering and less send-offs of batsmen. Mate, it's sickening to see... I mean, Mitchell Starks had the most wonderful series, despite the defeat, but I'm sick and tired of him giving batsmen send-off. Mate, you've been beaten 2-0 in a three-test series... And you're pointing to the uh, you're pointing to the uh, to the boundary. Uh, anyway, I want to play this for you, Sturlo. This is great commentary. Did you catch the pole vault today? No. So you had the Brazilian uh, Tiago Bra- Braz da Silva. He's in the running with a competitor. So it's basically a match race. Have a, this is wonderful commentary from Dave Colbert and can't remember who he's calling. Oh, the great Steve Hooker. He is a good commentator. I know there's a couple of uh, experts that have annoyed us over these games, but Steve Hooker is a gun commentator. Have a listen to the danger they portray before this De Silva's big jump. So it's a bit like taking the driver on a difficult par four that, you know, you, there's a big risk. Risky, big risk, big return. But also, you're never going to kill yourself with the driver. Yeah, and that's why they have a sticker that uh, this might endanger your life on that, which I always find a bit disconcerting when you pick up the pole and it's got a sticker that says if you don't hold it the right way. You can see the yellow, the orange sticker there. It's a warning that this might kill you. So we might be How better watch someone die. jump on this big pole, though? Because they get to this situation, it's, you've got to be absolutely flying and going at them. It, you best to be able to even practice on it. You would never practice on a pole like this. So, you, so they're jumping here at 6.03 in the Olympic final for the gold medal on a pole that they've never jumped on in a competition. They, they, they might have jumped on it in competition only, but never in training. Okay. You don't get to practice on the big pole. 
Raz and he comes at 6.03 to move into the lead. Takes off. He goes up. He goes clear. He goes clear. And the stadium goes bananas. This is unbelievable. This is Bubka-esque. Isn't that good? It's beautiful. So just explain to me, Dan, where, what's the danger? Is it the danger of this big pole snapping or is it the, get, the, getting up high and falling down? The or? bigger the pole, the bigger the flex, so the more chance of it snapping. Right. Therefore, there's a sticker saying you could die. I just love the way those commentators <laughs> just elevated the danger level. Or and possibly the, the, with that big flex, it doesn't have to break you could just get catapulted out of the stadium, couldn't you? <laughs> but what's frightening is that they don't practice those heights. Well, it was successful for him anyway. Well so done. Great decision. Anyway, this is, we'll have a proper Rio update later. This is the Rush Hour. Talking a bit of footy after this here on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Getting a home on a Tuesday. On Thursday, it is the big one between the Bulldogs and the Broncos from Suncorp Stadium. Plenty at stake for both teams. Uh, You'll hear that live on Triple M NRL. If the Bulldogs win, I think we can almost lock in the top four, particularly Sturlow after Canberra last night. uh, Did it very comfortably over the Melbourne Storm. They were fantastic, weren't they? Really enjoyed that game. I I enjoyed their performance. Um, Melbourne just threw everything at them, and it was a brick wall from Canberra, and that's something we don't normally associate with them. Well, they've won seven in a row now. They only need to win one more to ensure a top four victory. That could come, a top four placement. That could come this weekend against a struggling Parramatta side. And it's, you know, they, they look to be fairly comfortable on the injury front. They're confident. Defence was great last night. And they're going to finish in the top four. They've got to be a chance. Uh, interesting decision by the Raiders. Josh Hodgson was charged for that, uh, what did Joey call it, the twist top or the bottle opener? Yeah, it was it, an ugly tackle. It, it didn't look good. He was given seventy-five points for an early plea, but what Canberra have done is taken one hundred points. What they call a no contest—that's where you don't plead guilty early. Well, you plead guilty, but you don't take the early um, percentage. You don't take the deduction. So what that means is he is out of next week's game against Parramatta. Now he may well be injured, so it might have been a no-brainer. But it also means. Uh, he will have no carryover points. So a very interesting decision there by Ricky Stewart to basically protect his player from being done in by carryovers in the finals. Yeah, and to explain that to people uh, listening, that means that if he if he happened to get charged later on in a big in an important game, a lot of times those carryover points force a player to miss yeah. a match on the back of, of of a guilty plea because they still have too many points. So that would be avoided. Um, they're well placed. They've got Kurt Baptiste who did a good job when he came on last night, who had slotted in for Hodgson. I think Joey described as a can opener. and that's, that's The can what, opener, That's sorry. what it looked like. And Yeah, um, yeah so, uh, yeah, I can understand where they're, they're coming from. Um, and again, they, they look very healthy when it comes to uh, having their strongest playing roster available. Um, I, I love Ricky Stewart. I know he, you know he can rub people up the wrong way, but uh, this was his response last night when uh, Steve Mascord, I think we'll hear this, said to Ricky that... Um, that Cam Smith suggested Canberra were de- deliberately giving away penalties. The question of deliberately giving away penalties, I got mentioned by Cameron Smith in the press conference. Uh, what are your thoughts? We let it off, Cameron. <laughs> 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 and he's right. <laughs> no, I love Ricky. He, he says what he thinks. And, and I reckon he, if Cam heard that, he would have laughed too. Yeah, he, and he, he, he's beautiful with the press. He sort of he manipulates it very well. Um, I think there was a, a politician many, many years ago, wasn't there, Dan? You'll have to excuse my ignorance here, but was it was it feeding the chooks? 
that that's how he d- described what he gave out to the press that this week he's ah. he's, he's got to feed the chooks. So I think Don King used to say that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure who it was, but I thought that last week when he said, "Oh, look, if we can get close to Cronulla, you know, three or four <laughs> tries, that that'd do us." That was feeding the chooks. This is the rush hour on Triple M. A Rio update shortly. Oh, by the way, in the cricket, Sri Lanka five for one fifty nine. They lead by one thirty five. Triple M rush hour. I tell you what, I've enjoyed Sevens Olympics, but I will tell you what, I'm doing out of spite, Sterlo. What's that? I'm not watching a second of Zumbo's Just Desserts. I don't care how that thing is levitated. I'm not going to... I've watched so much of those ads, I feel like I've watched three episodes already. Yeah, I don't even really know. I think I flick when that starts. Is it? Is it something to do with a big cone-looking thing that <laughs> hangs it. in the air? <laughs> That's oh, <okay>. it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it to the end. It's been an interesting weekend. Uh, in fact, it's a very interesting time, and I'm, I might get a bit technical here, but work with me. Uh, Optus had their first weekend of Premier League coverage, and uh, it's it's been panned. Uh, now, you could understand some media outlets, it was in their interest to pan the coverage. But... Um, there were issues, technical issues, and it proves something that Australian internet is not ready for major sports being streamed as the primary uh, primary way of watching sport. Avenue, yep. I mean, we've got NRL uh, on TV, but you can watch it via stream. Same with AFL. Now, that's okay, but when you have a major sport done via stream, our internet capacity doesn't seem to be able to handle that. And... I was going through some sums, because I'm trying to work out if this is actually working for them. Because good luck to them. They outbid Fox and the rest to get these rights. And they announced, uh, because they're a publicly traded company, they announced last week that they have 35,000 new broadband subscribers, easy for me to say, over the last year. 3.5% they've gone up. Telstra, the day before, announced that they went up 7.5%. So I don't even know if Premier League has caused very many people at all to subscribe to the Optus service. Well, the one thing I do know, Dan, is that when Fox lost the EPL, I heard the number that they, the subscriptions that they could possibly lose of people who only subscribe mm. basically because they're... And it was three times what you were just talking about. Well, and, and here's the thing. Broadband usage across the nation is going up. Just there's more demand for it. So... Three and a half percent that they've gone up might be just the natural number. It might have anything to do with Premier League. But even if you give all 35,000 new Optus subscribers, let's say every single one of those has gone to the Premier League for the, for the, for, uh, gone to Optus for the EPL, paying $80 a month. That comes in at just under $33 million a year, which sounds impressive. The problem is they've paid $63 million for these rights, and that doesn't include production, satellite time. Uh, all those billboards that you see across town, they don't come cheap. Well, I'm guessing this is costing Optus 75, 80 million minimum, and they're not bringing in half that in a best case scenario. So I'm now wondering what will their plan B be? Now, will, would they on sell? They have a relationship with SBS, but they wouldn't make much money out of that by giving SBS some games. They've already given them one. So I think we're in a very delicate situation here, Sturlow, because there's no winners here. Optus are losing money. Um, the audience isn't happy. Fox has lost its product. This is a very delicate situation. Well, I'm assuming they didn't think they'd need a plan B, Dan. I just thought, I, I guess when they bought the EPL, which is obviously very popular here, that uh, it would pay for itself. You're telling me that it hasn't occurred that way. So I guess you're looking at avenues to try and get some of that revenue back. And if you want, if let's say you decide to 
bite the bullet and go back to Fox and, and on sell to them who would lowball the hell out of Optus. But then all of a sudden, all those new customers are going to say, well, hang on, we changed service to Optus and now we, you know, what, what did we do that for? So you're going to make people angry either way. But it does prove one thing, that ne- just because the Netflix model works, it doesn't work with live sport. Netflix works because when you start watching a show, it downloads ahead of time. But you can't download a live sporting event ahead of time. You can't download something that hasn't happened. So I think out of all this we've learned, we might be another 10, 20 years away from sports being primarily available on the internet. Well, it's going to be very interesting, Dan, just finally to see what happens this weekend because I haven't heard too many positive stories out of the first weekend's coverage. Uh, I don't know if it's going to change this second weekend, but uh, it'll be very. Keen, I'm very keen to see the reaction. I've heard uh, the product. They, too. The product they put out is actually pretty good. I'm told. It's just when you see it in pixels or when it cuts out, that's the problem. Yeah, we're past that. This is the rush hour on Triple M Sports Update. After this, the Triple M Rush Hour. Yes, it's the rush hour on a Tuesday night. Any time we do sports updates, they are for Magic Glass. And when we do league. Uh, which is often on the show. We do it for Totally Workwear. Find your local store at totallyworkwear.com.au. Now, we'll do a proper sports update a bit later, but updating the cricket, it's Australia uh, bowling at the moment. We're midway through day three, uh, day four. Uh, we're about, what, 40 minutes from tea. So four and a half sessions to go. Sri Lanka, five for 165, a lead of 141. And the pitch is doing all sorts of things. Alan Border. I noted earlier on the broadcast said 150 was par, a 150 target. So it looks like Australia's got their work cut out for them. We wait and see. Let's do this. On the Triple M Rush Hour, this is a Rio update. Check out the rats. Ooh, they look like Skittles. <laughs> Nothing of note for Australia overnight. What about that? Not a single medal. No, it, it, there's been some disappointments, hasn't there, in, in events we thought we would do particularly well in. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame. Right across the board, not just swimming either, is it? I mean, swimming, not, no, not a single track gold in cycling. No, and, and obviously I, I love the hockey. I thought the hockey roos and the and the kookaburras probably would have been contesting medals, water polo teams. Oh, what's that last night? The Kiwis absolutely spanked the, the uh, hockey roos. Yes, yeah, 4-2. And, and I think our, our water polo girls, they led Hungary 5-1 early in yeah. that game before losing in a penalty shoot. Penalty shootouts haven't been good for our, no. our female teams. Um, there is something to keep an eye on, though. A fella called Murray Stewart, he was the fastest qualifier uh, into the K-1 canoe sprint final, and it's on tonight at a very watchable 11-10. Uh, so maybe we'll get our seventh goal. Now, a couple of headlines uh, out of day 10. We spoke about the pole vault, the uh, local fella, uh, Tiago Braz de Silva, winning. The controversy of the day was that finish in the women's 400. This is Kathy Freeman's old, old event. The winner, Sean A. Miller from the Bahamas, either fell over the line or dived over the line. Whatever it was, it helped her win. Now, you haven't seen this yet, have you, Sterling? I, I did see it. I wasn't. I didn't realise it was a final. Are you not allowed to dive? Like it, It's obviously the, the measurement is the chest, when the chest yeah. breaks the tape. So are you not allowed to dive? It might be like a man cat. It's not the done thing. I, I, I can't. I don't know. It's an Olympic gold medal. I'll, I'll do anything to get across that line. Well, do you think perhaps she saw the opponent bearing down on her, that just in the moment of panic, she just thought, just did whatever she could just to get to that line? No, I'm going the other way. I think in a in a moment of exhaustion that she just lost her legs and it actually worked in, in her favour. Well, Michael Johnson, the great 400 runner, said uh, diving is actually not the best way to cross the line. 
quickly, no. uh, quickest. No. It's leaning over the line. That's the best way to do it. Diving's actually counterproductive. So we might give her the benefit of the doubt. Now, there's been a lot of raised eyebrows about Great Britain's cycling success, and naturally Australia has joined in the inquest. Uh, our golden girl, Anna Mears, says, and this is quoting her, it's not just the Australian team that has questions. We're all just scratching our heads going, how do they lift so much when in so many events they have not been in contention in the World Championships? Noises have also come from Germany and, and the French camps. In fact, they started the conversation. What counters that argument is that Britain has four golds from six events in, in this event, which is excellent. In London, they won seven golds on the track. And at these World Championships, in, um, I think they were in London in March, they won five. So it's not, in terms of medal success, it's not out of the ordinary what they've done. Okay. Are, are they are they talking maybe more times that they're doing in re- relation to that they're, they're a long way ahead of maybe what, even though they were successful and had the mm. time to improve? I guess what I'm saying is that when Anna Mears says something... That's what I'm thinking. I, I you know, I immediately, my ears prick because, um, you know, we know what a, a competitor she's been for, for a long time now. She would not say something unless she had some kind of, of suspicion, yeah. a, a very strong suspicion. Well, it's her final night of competition. I don't think she'd want to go out being known as a whinger. Not so she must be absolutely convinced that something untoward's going on. Yep. Uh, and, and, and that adds credibility to, I guess, not quite an ac- accusation, but 100%. it is in its own way. 100%. Now, the Boomers will have no complaints about the draw if they don't go on to win a medal. They'll meet Lithuania in the quarterfinals. Now, the Lithuanians came in as world number three and have been a major stumbling block over the years uh, at the Olympics for the Boomers. But they've only been just okay in Rio. They've won three and lost two. And, in fact, one of those losses was a 50-point thumping by Spain. Now, if the Boomers get through that quarter, they'd meet either Croatia or Serbia in the semis. The Croatians have a couple of NBA players, but nothing which would strike fear into the Aussies. And the Boomers beat uh, Serbia by 15 in the group stage. Well, there might be a silver medal coming our way. I don't want to put... Put the the mock on them. Can I ask you a question? Because you, I know you know a lot more about the basketball than I do. Yeah. Why isn't LeBron and Curry playing for America? Because they've done it before, the and they've had long seasons. Because they played through to the finals, they just wanted a break. They feel like they've done this before. Okay, uh, so they they were given the option of. Oh, uh, absolutely. Not, oh, okay. Oh, no, no doubt. Uh, the Opals play midnight tonight in their quarterfinal game. That is a Rio update. We've got Sasha in for a news update. Sterlo's power rankings coming up shortly, and I think we're going to squeeze in a birthday game. This is the Rush Hour, Triple M. Triple M, Rush Hour. Oh, thank you, Queen. Rush Hour, Triple M. Anytime we do Lucas for Totally Workwest. Sterlo here with uh, Dan. Cricket update. Not much has changed. Sri Lanka 5 for 171, a lead of 147. Sterlo's power rankings. Let's change this up again, Stella. It's a busy show. We haven't got time for two of these, so let's just cram them all into one, shall we? Why not? You're the boss. All right, we'll go from 10 to 1, if that's okay. 10. 10 is South Sydney, who in the last couple of weeks have shown some really good form. Should have beaten Melbourne and a big win over the Warriors on the weekend to dent their hopes. Uh, So a late revival under Michael Maguire at this stage of the season. 9. The West Tigers uh, suffered a, a disappointing loss, obviously. Uh, didn't, couldn't get much closer than the defeat to the West Tigers, on, uh, sorry, to Gold the, uh, the Gold Coast Titans. But um, it was a damaging loss. 
but they're, um, I don't think they've lost too many admirers. Oh, I must be nuts. I think they're a good chance of beating Penrith on Friday. What does the expert think? Oh, I do th- as well, uh, especially if Luke Brooks is back in the side, obviously, in the absence yeah. of Tedesco. Eight. Gold Coast Titans. Uh, very, very valuable points mixed up, picked up of late. Uh, Jared Haynes stepped up and said, I'll take this over and piloted it between the posts. A big play for them. That solitary point that they picked up from the draw, as we've said on a couple of occasions, could be the most significant point of all season. Seven. What about this for a fall? North Queensland. Mm. Cowboys have lost three in a row now, and the last two performances have, well, I don't know about inept being too strong a word, but certainly have never seen them flustered like that for a long, long time. Um, and they've expo- been exposed in a couple of different areas, so they've got work to do. Six. Penrith making a charge. Uh, really good performance Monday night against the Roosters two weeks ago where the coach said it was the best of the season. Took them a little while to get over the top of Newcastle on the weekend, but a big scoreline in their favour. Mm. They've, they're on a roll. First time I've heard Nathan Brown say his players gave up. Yeah, disappointing to hear because they've, they've made progress. Five. Cronulla Sharks. They weren't so long ago sitting on the top of the ladder, but they haven't won in three weeks now. Um, I thought they were they were poor on the weekend. The Dragons really went through them, uh, exposed again a couple of areas that need work. That 15 winning run, it might have just wallpapered a couple of cracks there that we're starting to see. Four. Brisbane Broncos, much better the last two weeks. Uh, I was very critical of them when they got beaten by Penrith a few weeks back. Uh, thought that they'd look for the easy options and the soft way out. Not so on the weekend. Uh, a really good 80 minutes performance right. at Suncorp. I think I know who you. I can't believe you've got this team third. <laughs> Three. We've got the Bulldogs. <laughs> Process third. of elimination. Well, it, it, that's exactly what it is, Dan. They've won nine of 12. Yeah. And yet, you know, I'm, I'm not that impressed by them. And the sides they've beaten of late aren't in finals contention and they've struggled to do so, but if, 9 from 12. If they, if those halves play okay, can they win finals? Like, if they're playing the way they are now, can they, can they, they can, win finals? They can win finals. I don't think they can win the grand final. But Two. They're in the top four. The Melbourne Storm. They've uh, lost a couple in a row now. Uh, oh, sorry, they got beaten on the weekend and should have been beaten by South Sydney. Um, but I thought they were really, really blown away by Canberra last night. They were, they, they threw everything at Canberra. They didn't have a plan B, and the coach was fairly critical of their mental approach to that game. So it's all over the place, well, isn't it? Speaking of process of elimination, for the first time in the history of the Sterlow Power Rankings. One. And I'm happy to have them there. Uh, I've been super impressed by their last couple of months. Seven wins in a row. And last night, outstanding. They got better the longer the game went. They didn't have their sort of periods in games where they dropped their intensity. And defensively, they they just blew Melbourne off the park. And if you're going to go into a premiership finals campaign with anything, you want your defence to be at its best. Canberra's was last Canberra night. Canberra Raiders, number Canberra one. Canberra Raiders, Dan, number Sterling one. Power Rankings. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. That was, of course, the Power Rankings for Tyre Power. And at uh, Tyre Power, they've got their store-wide super sale, which gives you the power to save on a huge range of big brand Kumo tyres. A sports update, including the cricket, after this. The Triple M Rush Hour. Triple M, this is the Rush Hour. I can announce, Sturlo, there's been ads on all day. We're giving tickets to someone, and we wouldn't announce the name. I can announce it now. Okay. It's one of the I big bet- ones. Is that it? 
Mate, that's Mar- Maroon right. has been doing that the last couple oh, of well, days. Oh, I'll tell you who. It's Little River Band with Shark, Birdles and Goebel. We're giving oh. tickets away here on Triple M from tomorrow. Oh, I'm there. That's my vintage. Magic Glass, your premier glass replacement specialists. Magicglass.com.au Sports update. Uh, Sri Lanka 5 for 181, lead by 157. We must give Jim Maxwell our best wishes. He fell ill apparently while on air during the Rio games and is now in hospital. Uh, he's no fan of the Yahoo Triple M broadcasters, but we're certainly big fans of him, Sturlo, and uh, we have enormous respect for Jim, so um, yeah. we, we wish him nothing but the best. Seems like Michael Checker is trying to play mind games ahead of the first letters low of the season. He says he knows they think we're no chance. So he's saying New Zealand don't think Australia's a chance. The first test is Saturday at ANZ. Doesn't that come around quickly? The All Blacks will be without George Moala, who has a knee injury. League News for Brighton's lawyers protecting the future. Penrith has made CEO Corey Payne's departure official. He leaves the club after just four months. The official reason is to pursue overseas business opportunities. In our industry, Sturlow, the excuse is always to travel. That's thanks to Brighton's lawyers. It's a short tenure, four months. Something not right about that. And Chelsea beat West Ham 2-1 in the Monday Night Premier League. We have to go. That was for Magic Glass. I will see you on Thursday ahead of Brisbane Bulldogs. Goodbye. The Triple M Rush Hour.